Thanks, Steve, for being able to share today. I uh, just want to pray over Steve. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, we just thank you for Steve. Uh, we thank you. We thank you for him and his family, Lord, and we just pray um, just a circle of protection around them, Lord God. Lord, we also thank you for his ministry, Lord, and uh, both here as he uh, speaks your word, but also in the workplace as he speaks your word through his business, Lord. And Lord, we ask for your blessing to be upon him and his family. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Good morning, everybody. Excited to be here with you this morning. I want to give a quick shout out to uh, Tanner and Trish who are watching online this morning. Uh, had a quick interaction with Tanner earlier this week and say congratulations on the birth of baby Milo. So I uh, hope to see you guys back here soon when you feel uh, it's a good time. But uh, we say hello from church. So um, this morning, Palm Sunday. Uh, as we celebrate Palm Sunday and prepare to celebrate the resurrection of the Christ, you know, we need to examine the last few experiences and the lessons Jesus was trying to teach us. You know, we're going to be reviewing from Luke 22, uh, 66 through Luke 23. And a brief history, a brief recap, you know, in this section of Scripture, Jesus goes before Pilate and Herod. They want to release him, but the mob wants Barabbas freed instead. The mob is, you know, is encouraging the crucifixion, uh, the crucifixion of Jesus. And in this part, he is, Jesus is crucified on the cross and is buried in the tomb. So there's a little background of the scripture, uh, because we're talking about forgiveness. And some of the last words spoken by Jesus include a focus on forgiveness. From Luke 23 to 34. And it says, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Now, this is a direct reference to the mob of people that Pilate succumbed to. And to those who were set to crucify him. The people in the crowd. The soldiers. Who were leading him to Golgotha. Jesus shared these words from the cross. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Jesus is asking for forgiveness of the mob. The mob that wanted him crucified. And the mob got what they wanted, despite the leaders not finding cause. The leaders did not do their did not uphold their responsibility of leadership. They succumbed to the mob. So Jesus was asking for forgiveness for the mob, asking for forgiveness for Pilate and Herod, and the soldiers who cast lots for his garments. Well, forgiveness is a strong word. What does it mean to forgive? Well, a dictionary definition is a conscious, deliberate decision to release feelings of resentment or vengeance toward a person or group who has harmed you, regardless of whether they actually deserve your forgiveness. And I want to emphasize that last part, regardless of whether they actually deserve your forgiveness. If we're unable to forgive others... It doesn't affect them. It affects us. 
it might make us bitter. It might make us angry. It might make us resentful. But our inability to forgive others lives in our head. It doesn't live in others. Because many times people may not realize they hurt you. Many times people may not realize they did something wrong. Sometimes they do, of course. And sometimes they don't care. But forgiveness is not their responsibility. Forgiveness is our responsibility as it relates to others. So if we're going to be obedient to God, it's our responsibility to forgive others. And instead of focusing on them, focusing on God and our relationship there. Well, what do you mean by that, Steve? Let's take a step back a few hours from when Jesus is on the cross. Jesus is sharing this message at the Last Supper shortly before he was betrayed by Judas. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. When we share communion here at church, we share these words. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for the many for the forgiveness of sins. This is the Last Supper. Jesus is sharing with his disciples a reminder. Now, Jesus knows what's coming with the crucifixion. He knows Judas is going to betray him. And he's reminding us to focus on the forgiveness of sins which is poured out for many. It's not poured out for one. It's not poured out just for you. It's poured out for the many. And this is a covenant as believers of Christ, as followers of Christ, that we make. We need to be able to live this out on a regular basis in our daily lives. Earlier in the Old Testament, we're told of the story of Joseph. Now, for some of you who may not know, Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers. He rose to a level of distinction in the house of Potiphar. He was sentenced to jail under false accusations by Potiphar. He spent several years in jail, only to be forgotten by the king's cupbearer. He then interprets dreams for Pharaoh after being remembered by the cupbearer. He becomes a leader only one level lower than Pharaoh and successfully prepares Egypt for the coming famine because of his interpretations of the dreams. During this famine, his brothers come into Egypt to buy grain because the famine that existed was a regional famine. His brothers don't realize it's Joseph. And of course, as the younger brother, he messes with his older brothers, as younger brothers tend to do. But ultimately, he tells them who he is and invites them all to join him in Egypt, where he will look after their needs. And the family is restored. That's a key part for me. The family is restored. And this was a process of years and years and years. In Genesis 50, 19 to 21, 
But Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So then, don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. Joseph offers his forgiveness and realized that the experience he had, the bad experience of being sold into slavery, the bad experience of being jailed unjustly, he realized that experience was from God. And Joseph refuses to put himself above God. Joseph's forgiveness of his family enabled him not to seek revenge or become bitter and angry. It caused Joseph to become a loving and caring person, a special blessing from God, made possible because of Joseph's willingness to forgive. Well, where in your life do you need to forgive someone? Where in your life do you need to forgive someone? Again, despite his suffering, Joseph was able to see God used his suffering to provide for others. There was a purpose in it. And when you trust that God is using the evil in your life for good, even if you don't presently understand it, even if you don't presently understand it, you won't grow bitter toward God and others. Evil in this world is real. Nobody's life is perfect. We all have issues and challenges, I suspect. I know I do. But be reminded in Genesis 45, 7 to 8. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by great deliverance. So then, it was not you who sent me here, but God. He made me father to Pharaoh, lord of his entire household, and ruler of all of Egypt. That's Joseph, again, sharing with his brothers, recognizing that it was God who put him in that position. Going through that, going through being sold into slavery, going through being jailed unjustly, hard to understand things in the moment. Hard to justify, okay, why is this happening? And it's okay to question God, why is this happening? But even as we question God, we need to trust God. Well, why is it important to forgive others? When we fail to forgive, we're being disobedient to God and preventing receivership of the grace God has for us. If we're so focused on ourselves, we're not focusing on God. If we're so focused on ourselves, we're not focusing on God. From Matthew 6, 14 to 15. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. If you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Forgiveness is about obedience.
We should want to be obedient to God. And forgiveness is something that, for me, is personal. The, the, the next slide is, a, is the headstone for my grandfather, Robert Goble. I, my middle name is Robert. I am named after him. His headstone is placed at Fort Benning National Cemetery. He was a World War II hero. He was part of the 500, 501st Parachute Infantry Regiment, one of the first waves of soldiers to jump at Normandy. Then he was also part of a unit that fought at, the, uh, at Bastogne. If any of you have ever seen the HBO series Band of Brothers, that was about my grandfather's unit. As you see on his headstone, he was, um, maybe you can't see it up there, I don't know. Um, he died in 1981. I was born in 1979. I unfortunately never had the opportunity to meet this man uh, in a way that I remember. But I took this picture of this headstone this past Monday at Fort Benning in, down in Georgia um, as I was down there for my grandmother's funeral services. Now, the next picture is the only picture I have with my grandmother on my father's side. This picture was taken in February of 2020, just three years ago, when I was down in Georgia for my father's funeral services. Now, how does this have to do with forgiveness? My parents got divorced before I turned one. I did not meet my biological father until I was about 32. Some of you know that just from other sermons. This is the only time I met my grandmother from my father's side. Three years ago. Growing up, I always wondered what type, you know, why me? Why did I grow up in a single-parent household? Why did I not have that relationship with that side of the family? When Diane and I met years ago, you know, I, I swore I'd never get married, and then I swore I'd never have kids, because I was unable to forgive the global side of the family for the experiences I had growing up. Yet here I am. We'll celebrate our 17th wedding anniversary this year. Two awesome kids. So, thank you. You know, we've had our share of challenges and whatnot, but that's okay. But if I wasn't able to forgive the global side of the family from the experience, not only would I not be in the relationship I have with my wife and kids, I also wouldn't have a good relationship with that side of the family. You know, when I went down to Georgia this week, it wasn't to be at the funeral services for my grandmother, so to speak. It was because of the relationship I've built with a few cousins and a few aunts and uncles over the years. Because that, that side of the family has grown stronger for me 
And some positive relationships have come out of it. But it all starts with forgiveness. And forgiveness doesn't always make things easier immediately. And forgiveness doesn't excuse the actions of the past. It means we let them go and give them to God. And so I ask again, where in your life do you need to forgive someone? And what does this have to do with today's society? How do we do this? Well, ultimately, we have to be intentional with our Bible study. And we have to live out our life scripturally sound and repenting when we don't. Because none of us are perfect. But being scripturally sound in our choices and our actions are important for the obedience to God. And remember, in Matthew 6, 14 to 15, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Forgiveness is an act of obedience to God. Doesn't mean it's easy. Doesn't mean it won't take multiple times to forgive and forget sometimes. Forgiveness is an act of obedience. In Ephesians 4, 31 to 32. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Again, obedience to God. Just as in Christ, God forgave you. We all need God's forgiveness. Sometimes I need it multiple times a day. But that grace is freely offered if we're willing to not focus on ourselves and focus on God. In Colossians 3.13, bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Again, obedience. And in today's society, there's a mob out there, isn't there? The mob of social media. The, bo- the mob of news media, the mob of corruption. Corruption in our businesses, corruption in our education system, corruption in our political system. How do we combat this? Well, we combat it with Scripture, staying as close to God as we possibly can. We need to forgive others for their sins as God commanded us to. And we need to live in such a way We were staying close to God through his obedience. That's what God wants for us. And this brings us back to Luke 23, 34, and Jesus on the cross. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. The world around us may not know what it's doing as it relates to Jesus and forgiveness. Forgiveness. 
But it's up to us as followers of Christ, as believers in Jesus. We need to be the example for the world that Christ was and still is for us. Christ is still the example when he lives in our hearts, when he lives in through our actions, when he lives through our relationships. Christ is that example we need to follow. If people in your community, if people in your business relationships, if people in your circle of friends know that you're a Christian, we're held to a higher standard, as we should be, in my opinion. But we need to be that example for those around us who may not be believers, as Christ is the example for us. Again, the world around us may not know what it's doing as it relates to Jesus and forgiveness, but we need to be that example for them. I want to invite the worship team and the prayer team up, please. And as they come up, I ask that you stand and listen to God. Listen to who he's suggesting you might need to forgive. Maybe you have family dysfunction like I do. Forgive them. Maybe you have work dysfunction like I do. And you need to forgive a boss, a coworker, or maybe a client. Forgive them. Maybe you need to forgive yourself for something that is holding you back from a deeper relationship with God. Go to God and he will forgive you because God loves you. A life filled with unforgiveness is not the life God wants for you. A life filled with unforgiveness is not the life God wants for you. I ask you to stand again. And if you feel called to prayer, the prayer team is available. And think about who in your life do you need to forgive? What are you holding on to that you need to let go and let God take control of?